Hey everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and this is the monthly comic book club for November coming at you at the last minute on the last day of the month. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, We are going over this month's comic which is Silver Surfer Requiem. This is a Marvel Knights comic. It's issues one through four, uh, and it can be found on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, You can also find it on trade paperback and hardcover, though those are pretty difficult to find, at least when I was trying to find it a couple years ago. I know they're kind of rare, but obviously they're on Marvel Unlimited, so no worries there. But uh, so we will be going into a spoiler discussion on this, uh, this story. So if you haven't read it, or you don't want to be spoiled, now's your chance to pause this and read it and then come back. Or if you don't mind being spoiled, you can continue on from here. So this is written by J. Michael Straczynski with art by Isar Ribic, letters by none other than VC's Corey Petit, which is a crazy because this is a this is an older series and I don't think it's got a yeah, oh first printing was two thousand and eight. So Corey Petit and the all of Virtual Calligraphy, they've been busy for quite some time. They've been working for Marvel for a while, which is really great. So he's probably just celebrated his 10-year, probably even longer than 10-year anniversary um, this year or last year. But uh, let's get to the good stuff. So this this book, I, I read it a while back. I think I had found the comics the four issues as uh, in like a, not a dollar comic bin, but it was during like a, I don't even know if it was a Black Friday, it was a long time ago, but I'd read it and it just blew my mind. And at that point, I was really into trade paperbacks and I was like, I just, I've got to get this on trade paperback. To me, reading uh, comics is great and and it, there's different different levels in my appreciation for comics. So if I, if I really truly love a comic, a storyline or whatever the case may be, I try to find it in trade paperback or hardcover. That way I have an actual copy of it because the thought is, and this is at least my thought on comic books, is they're really flimsy and really easy to ruin. And I, you hear things like Donny Cates says uh, he doesn't collect comics. He, he literally reads them front to back, bending the pages, rolling them up. And that gives me shivers. And that's just because I've always collected them. And I, I like to keep my things nice. So I, uh, I, I'll get, like, for example, when I pick up a new comic from the store, and this is, this is held true for years. When I get a new comic, it's already, it better have a bag and board. It's got its bag and board. And uh, pull it out of the bag set the comic on top of the board or if i'm reading it like on a couch i just i hold the comic i hold the comic with the tips of my fingers constantly moving them because i so i i have oily hands and so there's been actual instances especially with these newer comics i don't know if it's the way they're printed but if i leave my finger too long on the front cover much like with a newspaper my fingerprint will then be on the cover like it will peel off some of the art on the cover of the paint which is just insane to me that it even and does that but so I'm sitting here you know holding and touching this comic with the, just being so gentle turning each page one at a time and uh, to me that's just I don't know I, that's not how I like reading my books and so there's a lot of comic stories that I'll just I'll get the comic and redeem the digital code and then just read it digitally because then I can read it in bed or I can read it with the lights off or and I don't have to worry about my eyes wandering to the next page to get it spoiled 
And uh, so that's, like I said, really weird. And then when I'm done reading it, it goes right back in the bag and board. I seal it and store it for either a possible future read to, in my head, pass along to my kids in the future or to sell. But when you buy a trade paperback or a hardcover, to me, those are meant to be read because they're in a book form. They've got they've got hardcovers like the hardcover or, you know, the softcover, whatever the case may be. Those ones I read through quite a bit. So those ones get a little bit of wear and tear on them. But that's because those are some of my favorite stories. And Silver Surfer Requiem is in that list. And so I read it a long time ago. Mine was blown. And I haven't read it since, so it's probably been, it's definitely been more than five years. I don't know if it's been t- 10 years, but uh, it's been a long time. And so reading it, it felt like I was reading it for the first time. And it just, this is a beautiful story. And it's funny because if, if you remember, when I was trying to come up with the comic for, for November, October was easy, right? It was uh, Halloween. So I was like, oh, let's find some Halloween comics on Marvel Unlimited. And I've got, and we'll discuss this at the very end of this issue or of this uh, episode about what's coming for December, but spoiler alert, it's a bunch of Christmas comics. But when it comes to these other months, I've really got to do some thinking of like, okay, what is it that I'm going to read? Because I want, I've decided now I'm going to have what the next month's one will be in the prior month's one so that you're not wondering. And uh, in doing so, in October, I was like, uh, and then I just looked over at my set of uh, my hardcover soft covers, and I was like, ooh, Silver Surfer, I haven't read that in a while, I want to read it. But I was like, Requiem, ooh, that kind of sounds thankful, I guess, in a sense. And as I'm reading this, this is the perfect Thanksgiving comic. It is all about the just what Silver Surfer has given the Marvel Universe, what Silver Surfer has given the people. And what Silver Surfer has done, Norn Rad has done over his life. And it's a celebration of that in, in the worst way, right? Because he dies. And uh, and that's probably the biggest spoiler of them all. But it's cool because how often do you get to read a comic where the character in the comic dies and, it, and that's it? Well, you know what I mean? Like To me, the biggest crime is when uh, you've got... Honestly, the biggest crime to me is Captain America issue number 25. Uh, He gets shot and assassinated. He's killed. And then mere months later, a full miniseries, Captain America Reborn, a six-issue miniseries, uh, brings him back to life. And I just remember, and I've talked about this before, but... God, I remember eating breakfast in the morning and uh, seeing that on the news. Uh, Joe Casada was on something or other. It was, you know, Good Morning America uh, talking about, oh, yep, you know, we're killing Captain America. This is a big deal. Everyone's going to want to see read this issue. And that was when the first cracks in my love for comic books uh, came about. And that's where I started loving stories more than actually collecting comics at that moment because after that actually I I stopped reading comics for a while because it just it was the most blatant cash grab that I'd ever seen and I was shocked because and this is again supposed to be Silver Server so I guess this is the prelude but um, I was just shocked because the uh the it was such a big deal to have this entire issue this epilogue to this beautifully done civil war event written no less by Ed Brubaker one of the best writers of the time 
And to think that he would, and I know if I remember correctly, he did not want to do that or he just did not like that, that he had to bring him back and whatnot. And I think, I, I may be wrong, I hope that's what he thought because it just felt so cheap. And so anytime a comic book character dies, I just roll my eyes because it's like, okay, they're going to be back. They're gonna, they'll be back next week. And uh, so yeah, so that, it was a bummer. So that's why hats off to Silver Surfer Requiem for killing Silver Surfer in a self-contained story much like dc's black label marvel knights did what uh, a lot of marvel was afraid to do which was tell sort of self-contained stories that had a beginning and an end and uh, had consequences for that book not for the wider marvel universe not for the bottom line in 10 years or or you know next week's comic book sales but just in terms of its story and in doing so i think that gives the writer a lot of freedom to to write really great things and in this case it's it's so apparent and this was when straczynski was at his he was at peak straczynski because this was right around the exact same time that he had he had either just finished or was finishing up uh, Spy- his amazing Spider-Man run, which I really liked, even with One More Day, or, uh, yeah, One More Day, I liked One More Day, for that reason as well, I was like, oh, cool, like, this is gonna be a new status quo for Peter Parker, and, uh, he also was doing Thor at that time as well, so he, he was just in full stride, so, Silver Surfer Requiem is a four-issue series, and, uh, I wanna just open it up, and I, I know you guys, have um, read this or again if you haven't read this if you're looking for a reason to read this the cosmic hurricane rips through uncharted space at one million miles per hour gas plumes extending for a thousand light years in any direction deep within the 30 light year wide superwind clusters containing as much mass as a million stars erupt into explosions too vast for the mind to comprehend their cries signal the death of massive stars and the birth of new ones i am norin rad the silver surfer wielder of the power cosmic former herald to galactus devourer of worlds i have traveled the galaxy seen more than other eyes could hope to behold in a hundred lifetimes but i stare at the sight before me with the awe of a newborn child that is the uh, that is the beginning first page of this story and that to me is the message this whole story has from beginning to end is just this this awe and wonder for the world around him and the world around us i guess the world outside of our window but it's a it's a story about silver surfer is dying and and it's beautiful so there's four issues each issue is titled a different latin roman catholic sort of phrase so the first issue is kiri which is uh, latin for mercy i believe or lord have mercy but mercy basically the second one is Sanctus, which is Latin for holy. The third is Benedictus, which is Latin for blessed. And then the fourth is Agnus Dei, which is Latin for Lamb of God, which is interesting because at that point, you know, that's when he, he obviously dies in that last issue. But what I found so beautiful in reading this the first time, reading it this this uh, most recent time, is is kind of the the gallery of characters that silver surfer interacts with and obviously the prose of the entire series so the uh the first issue is a is a main focus of who who other than the fantastic four so the silver surfer shows up on their doorstep and says hey 
Reed, I uh, I want to talk with you privately, you and you and Sue, and basically explains to them what happened. You don't really know what it is that happens, but afterwards, Reed explains it to Ben and Johnny that the and this is kind. Of, it's funny. It's kind of what Donny Cates was alluding to in his his story run with Silver Surfer, but the uh, and, I, and I can pull it up here too. But the the material that Silver Surfer is using to um, for the power cosmic basically wrapped around his entire body is uh it's deteriorating it's it's uh, he describes it as a machine that it it's sort of running its course and it's at the end stages of its life and he uh, he can't figure it out he says i'm sorry like i'm sorry there's no um there's that's it there's no way around it you are dying and he says uh you know don't do not feel sadness for me i would not have been myself would not have had even these years true to myself were it not for you. Uh, for that, I will always be happy and thankful. Goodbye, my friends. And they say, goodbye, Norrin, Godspeed. And he takes off. And, oh yeah, so he says, uh, the material that covers your body protects you from the coal of space and the heat of stars, from the radiation and pain and loss of oxygen, and it's the most elaborate mechanism ever created, especially given that it's only a few microns deep, but no mechanism no machine lasts forever, and this one is starting to break down. Because it's tied directly into your nervous system, as it begins to malfunction, so will you. And, the, and he explains, you know, the symptoms are going to be minor at first, but essentially your body's shutting down. And so that's the first issue. So now we know Silver Surfer is dying, and we kind of know why. He said his goodbyes to the Fantastic Four. And then the next issue, uh, it's, it's amazing, is with Spider-Man. And this is my favorite of all four of the issues. Um, actually, eh, yeah, no, it is, but, um, I love the fourth issue too, but in this one, he meets with Peter Parker, he kind of stumbles upon him fighting and helps him defeat a bad guy, and so they kind of get to talking, and obviously, and JMS just does such a good job of, uh, this sort of wisecracking Peter Parker, but at the same time, isn't so wisecracking, you know, he's got some really good things to say, there's a beautiful panel with no words where Peter sees his body sort of starting to deteriorate, and uh, says, look, what I said before, all kidding aside, if there's something wrong, maybe there's something that I can do. Or, and he says, no, there's nothing. And um, he just kind of explains to him that it's, it's, it's crazy how he's, he's so okay. And this, this second issue is beautiful and why I love it so much is because it, it's funny. Everything that Silver Surfer speaks on in this series is no more true then than it is today, or however you want to say that phrase. It still applies to today, and it's sad because he says, I've been thinking. I've been thinking that there must be something I can do for your world before I leave. I have been here for so long enjoying its beauty and confused by the brutality of your people toward one another. You are all the same species. You have the same goals, the same dreams, the same fears. You eat the same food and sleep the same sleep. So you have to go out of your way to divide yourself, to make it easier to kill one another. Boundaries, nations, blocks, creeds, names, fashion. You kill one another for a pair of sneakers. Your leaders oppress and exploit you for their own power, and you allow it happily if in so doing they can kill those who you have decided are not like you. You are a race of madmen. And he says, yeah, we get that a lot. And he says, but I, I keep thinking, you know, there's, there's, you know, what, what can I do for that? 
And he says, well, and you're a human, you know, uh, perhaps maybe you would have an idea. And he keeps, it's funny, he keeps saying, well, maybe this or maybe this. But it's cool because he says you could go on to other countries and kick out whole governments using their power cosmic. But, um, you know, who's to say that what comes after that isn't going to be worse? And most times it is going to be worse. He says you could solve poverty by going places no one's ever gone and come back with more riches than anyone's ever seen. Diamonds, gems, gold, but too many jewels flooding the market would cause their value to drop. And uh, now you've bankrupted bankrupted countries that required that as their livelihood, and you're going to trigger a financial collapse. You could strand all of the world's political and religious leaders in the same place, no food, no water, on the premise that soon logic would prevail and they would work out uh, their differences. Or maybe they wouldn't. And so he explains to him that um, he's, and he's like, well, so what's the deal with your surfboard? And he's like, oh, you know, it's form follows function. He's like, this is, it's just a board because that's all I need to travel the spaceways. It's just this very small board. And he says, um, he says, imagine being able to move through that majesty unfettered, you know, through the universe, through the stars. And he says, um, it's, it's just beautiful. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's like nothing else. He says, yeah, I bet that's crazy. He goes, well, don't bet on it. I can show you. And he's like, uh, he goes, I don't think I can do that. He goes, I am tempted, but I've, he says, I have things to do, but he goes, actually, I, would you mind letting someone else experience this? And so he gets Mary Jane and, and, uh, Silver Surfer gives Mary Jane the power cosmic and has her fly around the planet. And, um, he says, I, you know, I can't even imagine what she saw. I only remember what she said when she came back to me. And she said, uh, she goes, I was, I was free. I've never felt anything like that. And she, he says, happy birthday, MJ. And she says, I love you. And that's where it's like, there's your MJP. I'm getting chills. That's your MJ Peter Parker love right there. Giving her the power cosmic to travel out like, wow. And so he says, Hey, surfer, I, I have an idea. And <clears throat> so what he says he can do for the world is he says, what you did for MJ, do that for the entire world. Let the entire world experience that feeling for just five minutes. And that's all, that's all server can do is for five minutes, do that. And, uh, because you know, he's dying. And so he does. And he says for five minutes, they and the whole world knew what it was to be at peace, to be free. And for five minutes, he did just that. How many people do you know who could say the same? And, um, you know, it says, I, who knows what, uh, you know, what would come from it, but it's like, at least you're doing something. And he says, I can feel the whole world like a great sigh in my heart. And that sound I realized for the first time that I too am at peace. Thank you. And he says, no, thank you. And he actually takes his mask off and says, thank you. And he says, goodbye, my friend. And it's like, holy crap, like uh, the Silver Surfer's calling Spider-Man his friend. And uh, that's just to me was the, the coolest thing in the world. And uh, he says, requiescat in pace, my friend, you've earned it. And uh, as Surfer zooms off into the spaceways. So that one I loved so much because obviously I love Spider-Man. But it just was so cool to see that that conversation that he has about again that's the same stuff we're experiencing now like we kick somebody out of power right now who's to say the next person isn't going to be any worse if we if we solve this problem who's to say what the next problem is going to be like just you can't solve other people's problems you can only give that show them and this is kind of what the message was in this one was to show them what the way is you can't tell people or force them to do things you just show them the way 
and then it's in their hands at that point to decide what they want to do with that power which leads into the third uh the third issue which is a little bit of Doctor Strange. And so Doctor Strange shows up and gives him um, this flame. He says, uh, you know, he goes, he says, uh, Reed Richards kind of told me what happened and was consulting with another doctor, myself, to see if there would be a second opinion. He says, you know, there's nothing I can do. He says, but he, but he gives him this flame. And he says, within this flame burns all the knowledge of our world, all of the secrets and truths that we've forgotten, all our songs, our stories. But he said it's divided into two parts, that which existed before you came and that which was created after you came and saved our world from extinction when uh, when Galactus showed up. And he basically just says, like, here, this is like this is yours to cherish, to know just how much you did for us. And so he takes off into space and meets with and this is another one of those philosophical arguments he essentially meets with these he's he's heading back to to shot to shalabal but he's heading back to zenla to his home planet and uh he runs into these warring factions these two warring factions and they're describing to him like that they have been at war with each other for he says something like 50 generations and he's like i don't get it why and he's like, it's all about basically all about religion. They, he says, we, they're this, and and their leaders are in a ship together. He shows up for like a distress call or something from the ship, and they're explaining to him like, yeah, you know, we're here and trying to you know hang out basically, but our our both of our civilizations are have been at war for this long because they believe in different things. He's like, you know, these guys believe in one thing, we believe in another thing. And we're trying to kill the other faction or get, get, basically convert them, essentially. And he's like, this doesn't make sense, though. Why are you guys hanging out together? And he's like, well, they expect us to hang out together. Like, they expect us to be here and to be that vision of, like, oh, maybe there there can be that sort of thing. And he's just, he's, uh, he just doesn't get, it. he says, um, I don't see any difference between the two of you. And he says, which is as it should be. The war will end when it ends, but we are in no rush. We told them we would speak with you, and this is what we have done, and you may go now. And so it's like just the classic, you know, war without end. And this, you know, maybe this is a slight look at, at the time, maybe Afghanistan. Obviously, we're still there, and that's been going on forever. And uh, so what he decides to do, he destroys both sides. He, uh, the stranger in the, in this part is written by, <clears throat> I guess, the people of the nations. It says, the stranger moved between the fleets, taking away their weapons. They struck back, though they believed they could not hurt him, but to their surprise, they did because he was dying, obviously. But he essentially destroys all of their weapons, all of their religious artifacts, destroys everything, and explains to them, he says... Um, we understood that it had been basically that they had been tricked by the 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 people in power had tricked them into fighting each other and bickering and he says on that day more blood was spilled but it was not ours and we would make an end of it now we would be free and he says the sacred war was over but at that day something greater happened the sacred peace on neither world was the silver surfer ever seen again um but he says at that point he explained it to them he said we would never forget the words that he spoke with us. If sacred places, because and and so the, there's all these obviously you know religion, the sacred places would not be damaged by war. And he says, if sacred places are spared the ravages of war, make all places sacred. And if the holy people are to be kept harmless from war, then make all people holy. 
and he leaves, and that's the end of that issue. And that is just a beautiful message as well, guys. Like, holy cow, to to love one another, to, to treat everybody as sacred, no matter what, no matter what, where they come from, who they are, the differences they are, all people should be treated equally and should be sacred to each other. All places, the, the earth should be sacred. There should be no wars. And that's kind of the message in that third one, and, and uh, just a beautiful message as it is. And then the final issue is narrated by the Watcher, which you don't find out till the very end. N- I'm not kidding you; it, it didn't happen this time. It almost did. I was on a plane while I was reading this, so it didn't really happen. But first time I read this, after I was done with this final issue, I cried because he shows back up on his world, content to die, and his wife is there, Shalabal. He gave her a, a bit of power cosmic, which is why I assume she's still alive. But um, he's like, no, like I don't, I don't want you to give that life, your life for up. I want you to live on. I want everyone to live on. That's why I did what I did. And he just tells him, like, please, for the love of God, live. And then, um, the so then there's this cool bit where anyone who touched his hand as he's he's like going around, everyone in Zen Law is getting to say their goodbyes, and whenever they touch his hand, they get the mark of Norin, which. Uh, whenever there's it says in years to come whenever there was anger or rage or violence the mark would turn colors to remind them of the man who had made peace his cause his life and who had ultimately died in his service it was not always enough but it was enough most of the time and that it's so powerful and then but then galactus shows up and norin loses his mind he's like no no like because i'm dying like of course he would come back to destroy the world and uh he says, and this is this, this I will see if I end up doing it on this one, but he says, they show up, uh, some guards show up. They say, we received a message from Galactus' ship. It just says, Norn Rad, come forth. And he shows up, and Galactus says to him, he says, uh, let's see if we can find it. He says, he says, I do not know that I can save you, but I can try. He says, no, to all things there was a time, this is mine, but I would ask a favor. Again, the thought came, and Galactus and the oh God, Esad Ribic has been killing this entire series. But this scene, this panel of him connecting his mind to Galactus, he says, "I know your mind, and be at ease. I will never harm Zenla or allow it to be harmed by others. I would never allow anyone to harm the world that was the heart and soul of the most honorable being I have ever known." Let go the burden of flesh, Norin, and be at peace. And he says, I'm flying, Shalabal. Do you see me? I'm flying. And then shows up. And then at that point, uh, Galactus, it says, um, he, what did he do? He just basically stood there and he stands there. It says, for the traditional three days of grieving, Galactus remained where he stood as mourners paraded past and Norin's body was prepared. Um, it's just so unbelievable that this, you know, creature, master of the universe, a celestial being like Galactus would do this. And then Shalabal says, I would ask something of you, Galactus. And he says, make your request. And she did. And uh, moments later, Galactus' ship raises, flies through the sky towards the stars. And when it had reached the correct distance from Zenla, Galact- Galactus kept his promise and created a star, a birth star, was positioned always to be on the dark side of Zen Law to cast a glow in the night that would remind the world not just so much for his sacrifices, but what what was lost, but what he gave. The light of hope, of love, of possibilities. 
everyone it says like everyone could see this light no matter what and then at that point we see um, you know everyone looking at it fantastic four and uh the final panel here is is the watcher he says his name was norn rad herald of galactus that his actions saved the lives of billions that he was my friend and that he shall be missed the end and that's that's how you write a comic book that's how you do a beautiful comic book you do a beginning you do an end not too long not too short with just enough heart to get to get you in the feels to get you get you crying get your uh get your hair standing on end whatever it takes to see something as beautiful as this happen because and i've made it no secret that i love galactus i love silver surfer and all the characters in there you know fantastic four spider-man and and uh, dr strange but none none more than I, I just galactus has always been a really powerful character to me and to, so to see that moment with him and silver surfer you couldn't get those kinds of moments if the writer wasn't planning on killing Galactic or planning on killing Silver Surfer in the end, right? Like, can you imagine if, and I was waiting for it too. I was like, I'm, I could have sworn that he comes back to life at the end, but I was so happy to see that he hadn't because that just makes it such a concise story, not having to worry about him coming back. And so that is why I chose this, uh, this story because it, for everything that I said, the, the beauty of the art, the power of the words, and the tale that it tells in each of its four issues on, uh, you know, the state of things in the world, the state of things in space, uh, the relationship between Galactus and Silver Surfer, and the relationship between Silver Surfer and the the uh, heroes of Earth. So, um, so yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Whew, I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a tissue or two after reading this one, but. Uh, that is the comic book for the month. So hopefully you guys were as moved by this one as I was. And uh, uh, read it over and over if you need to, to really get that feeling in there. But that is the comic book club for November. So as I said before, that there's a, there's a thankful quality to this story. And uh, I'll just echo that by saying thank you so much for listening to this. And thank you so much for um, supporting me over the months and, and uh, listening to these stories. I... Uh, uh, as we wrap up here, and I, I think I'll probably actually I'll, I'll discuss this on the um, when I do my comic reviews on the next podcast. So I'll, I'll drop that portion of it. But I will say this: here is what we're doing for December. So we've got five or four. There are there are eight uh, Christmas stories in uh, Marvel Unlimited that I could count. I don't want to do all of them though because that's too many in one one episode and too much for anybody to read especially if they're all Christmas, because think about it, you're only really reading one a year when when they're coming out in real time. So I picked four, and maybe we'll do some more the next time we do it. But they are Power Man and Iron Fist, Sweet Christmas Annual, and that is from 2016. Zombies Christmas Carol from 2011. Pretty sure it's a one-shot. If it's not, it'll just be the first issue that we read. And then Marvel Holiday Spectacular from 2009. I believe the cover photo of that is like Santa, and I think it's a digital comic, so we'll see, uh, good or bad, we'll see how that one is. And then uh, Merry X-Men Holiday Special. This is one I actually got live and read last year. I really liked it, so that'll be a good one to talk about. Uh, it's uh, it's obviously it's a, it's a one-shot, so it's longer, but each page is one day of December. So it uh, really cool, really well-written. And um, so, yeah, that's from 2018. So those will be the four that we do. And like I said, that'll be, I'll have that out right after Christmas. And that will be, or maybe, maybe, 
maybe I'll try and put it out before Christmas as a little Christmas present. We'll see. I'm actually off the week of Christmas, so I may have a little bit of free time to do so. But, yep, thank you guys so much for listening. And, I, again, I really hope you enjoyed this one because Silver Surfer Requiem is one of my favorites. Thanks so much. And for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.